0: Hi, this is Steve Palak. Let's turn over this record and play the B-side. I've got a feeling we've got a hidden gem on
1: our hands. It's Season 5 of the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Jim Martin, along with my co-host, as always, making all this racket next to
0: me, Chris Beyer. Hi, Chris. Hello, Jim. <laughs> I'm actually in Jim's house. This is yeah, this a is, first. This is a first, yeah. I Chris. was having computer problems, so I got yeah. in the car and came over. That's
1: right. That's right. That's the advantage of uh, the small town, small town live just come on over and jump in front of the camera and, you know, we pick up right where we left. So we're back here with uh, our friend Andy Firking, and uh, he is talking about his uh, travels and living in Ukraine. And we're going to kind of get into the Ukrainian-Russian war at this point and and, uh, and get his insights and, and thoughts on that and, and kind of get an insider's perspective on that.
0: You know what? Let's start with something you mentioned, which was 2014, the revolution that happened there, you mentioned that back at that time, Russia and Ukraine were more allied, and after that point, they started drifting a little bit more to the west, towards the EU and towards potentially NATO. Of course, that's you know another issue. Uh, but um, were you there in 2014 when the revolution happened?
2: No, no. But I think that they were gravitating towards EU uh, prior to that, actually, and I think that's where it came to you know came to a head there. Yeah,
0: I think I think the guy in charge—I forget his name—but the guy in charge at that point was a, a Moscow-leaning guy, and uh, yes. they—he got elected, and uh, a lot of people weren't happy about that. There was a yeah, was right. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, there's uh, always going to be you know election irregularities, and so then the other side, you know, the 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 EU, the left, the the West-leaning group had protests and booted them.
2: Yes, yeah, there was big. Uh, protest in Kyiv and uh actually a lot of people died um i think like 60 people from what i understand um protesters because they kind of re- the government kind of responded brutally with that and uh, uh so then it got really messy and eventually they you know they drove them out yeah yeah, yeah. and where did he go Russia.
0: Probably Russia, yeah. Moscow. <laughs> yeah. 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 uh, and you mentioned kind of the East-West divide in Ukraine. The eastern half of the country is heavily so a uh, heavy Russian influenced, and the the west half is heavily Ukrainian influenced.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not a like a black and white line or, or anything. It's it's just the f- the farther west you go, the more Ukraine nationalists that there are, um, patriotic. I think is what, you know, they, they Slava Ukraine, <laughs> they, yeah. they're, they're very patriotic. And then the, the farther east to go, the more Russian influence they have. And um, uh, I've been as far east as Kharkiv. Of course they speak Russian. I mean, that's their, they're born into that, but the schools, they speak Ukrainian. Hmm. Um, some, you know, the the attitudes of the people are are kind of mixed on that. I mean, some people just don't care. They're like, "Hey, I've been speaking Russian since I was born. It's kind of like our main language, Um, uh, of course." But they still know Ukrainian, and it's kind of like their their I guess you call it the mother their mother tongue. But they just understand Russians more in use, and that it's easier for them. Maybe even (laughs) laziness—they don't want to you know switch back and forth. But um, now the smaller towns and the the villages, they they're primarily speaking Ukrainian so
1: uh you mentioned that uh, even people who are kind of like uh, pro Russian after this invasion they've kind of shifted now I don't know what kind of sense you guys get because you haven't been over there actually you've been here but um, yeah. do you guys have a sense of like is that is it uh, even on the eastern side is that influence shifting because of this invasion or or how is that all going do you know
2: uh, I think that uh, I've heard reports that even in the donbass region um they're actually starting to reject Russia now. Um, the The brutal, you know, atrocities that have occurred in some of these uh, cities, you know, once Russia's, you know, uh, retreating out of them, and and the mess that are li- leaving, them, I mean, it's starting to more come to light. Now, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Um, of course, the Russian disinformation is is pretty strong with this, and they they make stuff up. This oh. We didn't do that. Ukrainians did this to sure. themselves, you know, to make it look to make us look bad, you know, that kind right, of thing. And right. it's really I, I don't think that's even believable because
1: um, it, that's it's, what it's, people it's, do. Right. They, they shoot themselves in the foot and make it look like I shot them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah well, I'll, I'll yeah. say
0: this, that, you know, uh, yeah, maybe I'll take a little bit opposite point in war. There's always going to be propaganda on all sides. Right. And uh, yeah. And so uh, you know, what I've heard in terms of what you just talked about, which is there might be uh pro-russian ukrainians that are feeling some retribution from ukrainian ukrainians you know and in terms of uh you know if you're a, if you're a russian leaning ukrainian say hey you know let's go with russia uh ukrainians might have some retribution against you potentially
2: uh it's i mean potentially i mean you got to look at it from their perspective i mean that's if uh Canada decided to invade America, (laughs) the USA, Uh, you know, know, free healthcare. All right. (laughs) But, but, you know, a lot of people might be, you know, like, hey, what are you doing? That's where's your patriotism? You know that. So um, I'm sure that exists. Um, But I'll give you an example. Uh, My wife, Julia, she was kind of indifferent uh, prior to any of this. And she was annoyed to speak ukraine we'd go to west ukraine to visit um and she they were speaking Ukrainian. she's like oh I gotta, now i gotta you know because it's not she's not speaking all the time so it's kind of like she's got to mentally switch yeah. uh, languages and um they're similar enough that she sometimes uses the wrong words and it's i think she gets a little embarrassed by that but uh, now since this invasion uh and the stuff that russia's doing she's anti-russian like one of the places she likes to vacation. Um, down near Kherson, which is uh, potentially, I guess it's, I think it's still in Russia's control right now. And um, she has a friend that Ukrainian friend that she's always met there every summer to vacation with. And, uh, but this friend is Ukrainian, but she lives in Russia now because um, her husband works there. I mean, and this Mm -hmm. is goes back to how close, you know, Russia and Ukraine used to be Um, now. I mean, she tells her friend, she's like, if Russia takes that, I'm never going back ever. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's got this, she doesn't want it. We were going to go to St. Petersburg. Oh, her grandmother is from Russia. <laughs> oh. So, uh, from uh, uh, Lake Balak, which is uh, near Siberia, actually. Um, huge. I think it's the biggest freshwater lake in the world. Yeah. Uh, Baikal. Um, yeah. Baikal. Yeah. Right. And uh, so that's where her grandmother was from. And uh, they came to meet. Nipa Petrovsk, you know, back in the Soviet era. And um, anyway, they, you know, our plan was to go to St. Petersburg to, with her grandmother and visit um, her grandmother's sister. And we had this big trip planned. And probably next year, it's completely off the table now. She has yeah. no interest in going. Not that we'd be able to, <laughs> but I'm just saying that uh, she, she's like, I don't want to, and that's a disappointment for me because St. Petersburg is, you know, it's supposed to be a beautiful city. I was really looking forward to this trip.
0: Is yeah, there a um, lot of but, talk of is it uh is it very anti Russian or anti Putin? Is there is there a delineation between the two?
2: It's both, but um, I mean, they're they're blaming Putin, um, but at the same time, they understand that the rest of Russia is kind of going along with it, right? Mm. And uh, it, um, my wife monitors some social media and she's seeing Russians saying, Oh, who cares if you know you, ukrainians are like dogs anyway you know that kind of thing just saying really terrible stuff and people are dying brutally and and they're a lot of their attitudes are just like yeah it's you know they shouldn't have fight back then you know if they oh, stop yeah. defending themselves you know so it's yeah it's terrible
1: i've always been confused about um the whole idea of okay so if putin goes in there and they win they would never be able to control ukraine i don't think Nobody wants them there. So what's the point? Yeah. I, but
2: that's well, a whole think, other discussion, I think. Yeah, I think Putin was misinformed um, or he was under the mistaken assumption that Ukraine would fall quick. Uh, you know, the defense would fall quick and Zelensky would hop the plane out, first plane out. And uh, um, and they'd install a puppet government and it'd be minimal, you know, minimal damage. And, and I guess the some of the rations that the first invading troops had, it was only meant to last like four days because they thought that they were oh. going to establish supply chain by then.
0: Right. And they, they, so the, the whole idea that they might be, you know, uh, welcomed, right. That they're like, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I,
1: mean, I guess that didn't, that didn't happen.
2: <laughs> that didn't pan out. No, <laughs> no. And, and there's a, they keep saying about the Nazis and there, there is a small faction in Isov uh, battalion, I guess, but it's only, I mean, the, the estimation that I've seen was like less than 2000, you know, pro-Nazi. Those
0: aren't your father's Nazis. They're new Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Neo-Nazis. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Russian has the, uh, Russia has the Wagner battalion, which is our pro-Russian as well, or pro-Nazi as well. So, I mean, so it's kind of, I think even we have in America, we have, you know, pro-Nazis as well.
1: We yeah, up. we do but we don't support them.
2: Right. <laughs> no. We don't support them. <laughs> well, we don't.
1: We... Yeah, right. <laughs> we would... <laughs> right.
0: Right. So so you you weren't there when the invasion happened.
2: No. No, that was uh I didn't go there until October of that year. That was in 2014. Right. right. Early 2014 yeah. and I didn't go until October.
0: Right, and then 2000 we're going backwards. 2014 revolution happens, uh Putin Uh, takes that opportunity of the chaos to seize Crimea.
2: And then, well, yeah. Right. But uh, I think that also that was a defensive measure because that's like a major port for them. Yeah. I mean, they were, they're releasing it from Ukraine and they're kind of like, oh, if Ukraine goes pro-EU, you know, I'm getting, going to secure that. Yeah. Which is, I understand that's a strategic, you know, advantage for him. So I, I, at least I can, and actually I've been to Crimea before. This and you know, before there was an the X, and uh, it's beautiful, but it doesn't really offer a lot in, um, in dist- or aside from the ports, they don't offer a lot as far as like, they don't uh, grow any food there, really. Um, I knew this was going
0: to get back to food at some point, yeah. <laughs> I saw this coming,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't, I, of course, it's part of Ukraine, uh, or was part of Ukraine, and it, it was kind of a, a, a tourism was their biggest industry as far as. Um, second aside from the, the naval ports there
0: you know this uh this might be a little bit more provocative but i'll ask it and anyway, we see what what uh you have to say did um did did ukraine sense the, the the common ukrainian sense that their drift west towards the eu and towards nato was provoking russian you know aggression was, was there any no. sense was there any sense in the common ukrainian like if we go too far this direction, we're going to get these guys mad.
2: Uh, I don't think so because they—they they really, I'd say, aside from the the most far east region that's bordering along Russia, uh, I think for the most part the country we're starting to lean uh, Europe, you know, Western Europe. Anyway, um, NATO really wasn't uh, much of a topic before all this. And I don't think they cared so much about joining NATO. They just wanted to be in in the EU because it's it's more prosperous, for, you know. And then they can freely travel um, to the rest of the EU, and uh, there's certain economical advantages. Um, and they wanted to you know to take part in that, and that's understandable. Um, and I I think that a lot of the um, progress that I've seen there since 2014 has been because of the EU has you know, been providing some assistance um, and helping train their military, that kind of thing. But a lot of Western European countries, uh, industries, companies have been setting up shop. You know, I mentioned Oracle before. They got a really big branch there. Right. So, and Wix, you know, Wix, the web, the web yeah. authoring platform, they they have a huge office there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, just, uh, you know, again, in the buildup of the last seven, eight years, you know, I've Putin has been saying, Publicly, like Ukraine is his line of the sand that, you know, that uh, Western nations shouldn't be. Well, he's worried about military alliances in Ukraine against Russia and that they've been saying over the years saying, hey, Ukraine, we're not going to allow this. We're not going to allow NATO expansionism into into Ukraine. And I just wondered if the people had a sense of that. Hey, maybe we're poking Russia into a potential conflict.
2: Uh, not that I sensed um i mean i didn't really talk to anybody that voiced that um but i I don't think NATO was their goal. I think it was e u um e u membership now uh they were pretty far away from that even you yeah. know so I, they still had a lot of corruption to to take care of. They still had um some other things to take care of before they could even get an e u membership um and they I don't think they ever applied for NATO membership. Um, and I don't think NATO ever, you know, NATO doesn't go around saying, hey, come be part of our club or whatever. It's got to <laughs> be a specific, a whole application process goes with it. I and mean, that had not happened. Uh, I bet it I, does. I,
0: I understand
2: it's six pages long. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Right. It takes you a good hour. <laughs> yeah.
2: they, they run your credit and everything. Yeah. Right. Talk right. to your three, uh, three previous employers. I've re- <laughs>
0: references. I've tried to join yeah. NATO. I mean, the password strength, I, every password I try, Not strong enough. No,
1: no, it's like 19 or 20 characters they require. I mean, forget it.
2: Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you got to use the special characters too, like exclamation or pound. Right.
0: Yeah, the Cyrillic (laughs) alphabet. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. You got to use at least one Cyrillic character. But, uh, you know, again, I'm getting back to did anybody sense? Now, you said your wife, she said, oh, no, hey, this is just like before. They're just saber rattling. There's not going to be any problems but there was no sense that this time was different. Uh, you didn't get that feeling that people thought, hold on, this is different.
2: Well, uh, so uh, three things here for me, I felt it was different. <laughs> uh, for, for her, she's, she's like, nah, it could, but she doesn't really follow the news so much. She's not into politics. She, she just wants to, you know, live her life and be happy. Um, I did talk to a few other Ukrainians that were a little concerned. They're like, yeah, this does feel a little bit different this time. Um, I think the main part was that our intelligence was releasing all this information that it's going to happen. I mean, they were pretty accurate throughout this whole thing. And yeah, I mean, at first, Russia's like, nah, nah, we're just doing exercises, and they're like, well, what about all this buildup? They're like, yeah, it's normal. It's we do this all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't worry about <laughs> that.
2: Know? Right on the border. Yeah. You know.
1: Th- then there was the one day yeah. when he said, he said, all right, we're pulling back. It was like after two days, like, ah, forget it. We're we're pulling back, and like. But no, no, he's going the opposite. He's going the other way. He's like moving in <laughs> more. Like what are
0: you talking yeah, about? But yeah. sometimes, Joe, you know, when you're like turn left, turn right, maybe it's
2: one of those maybe deals get mixed up. Right, where it's like, oh, right.
1: hold on, I'm yeah, going yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's a GPS problem, right? Yeah. It's the GPS yeah. told me to go this way. I don't
2: know. Yeah. And of course, they, they turned left in, by Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> and of course, <laughs> they had all those troops in Belarus, Belarus, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a staging gr- ground, and Crimea was a major staging ground. Mm-hmm
0: yeah, yeah. So, so so i didn't I, you were here when all this was uh you were here when that happened and then yeah yeah and then what happened uh with your wife what you know when the invasion happened
2: uh well i mean i was telling her just to stock up on water and canned goods because i didn't know what was going to happen um and so the flat where we were living while we were rehabbing remodeling our flat um is that's where she was living at the time and uh so she would, she stocked all this, she went and made, brought all this water, jugs of water and all these canned groceries. And then, um, two days later went to go live with their parents and left all that there. <laughs> so, but it's a, it's a friend's flat. So that's, it's fine. Oh. But then, so she's living with her parents cause it's a, it's a house that her parents live in a house, not a, a flat. It's actually a, it's only, you know, like we call a house. Um, and we felt that that would be safer cuz it's not and it's away from city center a little bit and uh we it's not high profile the the flat she was in was you know like 10th floor so it's kind of like high profile uh we were a little bit worried about that so uh it turns out it, all that ended up being safe um there have been some missile strikes and it did hit a residential building uh i think like a month ago month and a half ago uh in her city i mean and uh, not far from the flat that we had bought, um, about I think like five miles away from that. And it did take out a part of that. But I think that was an errant missile. I don't think they were necessarily targeting that. Mm-hmm. that uh, but that Dnipro has some military uh, bases right around the outskirts of Dnipro. So I think that's what they were targeting. Oh, okay.
1: It's Russian technology. You don't know where those things are going to yeah. go. Gonna
2: I know. Take yeah. like a shot. Have you seen the picture? Have you seen the pictures of the missile in someone's kitchen? It came right to the ceiling. Did you see? No. Oh,
0: yeah. so, so, no troops were in Nepro
2: No, no Russian troops ever made it that far. Uh, the nearest city was Zaporizhia, which is like south, about an hour south, hour mm-hmm. drive south. And they were, Russian forces were there, but I think they got pushed back. And that's where they were attacking. The, There's a nuclear. Plant there actually? Oh, okay. What? And I didn't know. I didn't know there was any active nuclear plants left in Ukraine after after Chernobyl. (laughs) right.
0: What? uh, What does the common Ukrainian think is going to be the final outcome of this conflict?
2: Well, everybody I've talked to, to there's they're hoping for a quick resolution, and I think it's going to be longer. I think they're really digging in in the in the east. And I think they really want to take uh, the port, additional port cities, and a land bridge to Crimea there. Right. Hmm. Uh, and I think that's I I don't I think they're not going to quit until they can try to secure that. And um, obviously Ukraine's not going to quit with that. So because the obvious, the, I mean the the Russian motive here is obvious. I mean in 2014, you know they're trying to annex. Well, they are they did annex Crimea, but the parts of the eastern Donbass region. And now they're trying to annex even more. They're trying to. So, I mean, this is just going to keep going on. So Hmm. even if they sign some sort of treaty and redraw the lines, you know, it's going to, you know, eight years down the road, it's going to be, you know, the next phase. They're going to try to take Kiev probably again. Right. So I I think, I think that, um, um, Ukrainians are going to fight hard. They're not going to quit on this. Um, so I think that could drag, I think that part could drag on for, I mean, I've heard years, but, uh, I think at least another six months. The only thing that might change this is the sanctions can may kick in a little bit harder, and they'd start to finally feel the effects of that, and they not be able to finance this right. More anymore. Right, right. So yeah, that's so, the hope. So that, right? ha- mm-hmm. yeah. So then, then I've heard some people say, uh, you know, by June, July, they're gonna that's gonna peter out. So hmm. I don't know. I, I think it might go another year at least.
1: Yeah. So embarrassingly, maybe I have not uh, followed this uh, like recently, like in the last probably, you know, a couple of weeks at least. So what is the status like? I mean, are they just is Russia backing off at all or are they are they just kind of in a stalemate right now? Are they still pushing forward or what's going on over there now?
2: Uh, Well, they're trying to dig in in the east Mm -hmm. and they're trying to hold on to um, the Mariupol, what's left of it. But uh, I guess we just delivered uh, longer range artillery, mm-hmm. howitzers and stuff. Um, and those will start to co- be coming into play in the next couple of weeks, from what I understand. So um, if that's the case, then then they'll be able to outgun Russia as far as art- artillery is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could even fire back into Russian territory mm-hmm. with that. So, So yeah. that might change the game.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, is 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 the um, I know the like you said the Ukrainian forces are doing better than people anticipated. What about the people? Is there are they getting to be tired of this uh, conflict? Are they worried that their country is going to be forever ruined, or are they uh, you know is is there any uh, is there any uh, appetite for giving Russia a slice to get this over
2: with? Well, um, I think of course they're tired of it, but uh, especially the people in the cities that, you know, saw the fighting, um, and the people that evacuated are, you know, they're kind of in limbo right now. Uh, Poland was overrun. Uh, when, when my wife left, she had to go through Poland mm. and, uh, it was, it was just a, a cluster. It was like, I mean, long lines at bus stations and nowhere to stay. Was, I tried to get her, uh, rooms at, at hotels. There was nothing available. So, I mean, you yeah, people are really, uh, Now they're, this is a couple months later, so now they're, uh, they don't have money to even pay for, you know, for the rooms anymore or buy food. And they're kind of like, a lot of people are coming back to Ukraine because they're kind of like, you know, it's no other alternatives. There's countries that are stepping up, like Ireland, for example, they're paying for housing for six months or a year or something like that. And they're giving them immediate work permits. So, um, and they're giving them, I guess, government stipend to help support them for now. So, I mean, it's definitely uh, people are, are getting tired. I don't think anyone, though, is saying, okay, fine, let them have that part. Just let us get back. I don't think anybody's saying that. Sure. Um, right. Russia's taken a major part of Ukraine now, are trying to take, and they, they leveled Mariupol. And um, there's been a lot of civilian casualties. And it's just been uh, after uh, what was found in Bucha, a lot of people are just like russia they don't want to make they want to make russia pay and even some are saying that not only are they going to push them back out they're going to retake the donbass region and possibly even crimea and uh that that yeah i know i think that's that might be far-fetched with crimea uh, for two reasons first crimea geographically it's it's kind of difficult to invade (laughs) Mm it's really i mean there's one bridge leading into it from ukraine it's kind of like um it's easy to defend, so I don't know how they can retake that um but secondly, I mean the population at this a point I' didn't finish earlier I, I said that I was in Crimea back in two thousand five um it was part of ukraine but i they liked Russia and i you know i I talked to someone there uh in two thousand fourteen right after it was annexed and and they said that somewhat you know. Maybe things will be better under Ukraine They're, or under Russia, right? Because uh, a lot of people were saying Crimea was kind of neglected. It was like the, you know, the stepchild. <laughs> did, you know, yeah. didn't get the full attention of, of the Ukrainian government.
0: Right. Um, and I think Crimea also is more heavily Russian ethnicity than than other parts of Ukraine.
2: Yeah, there's actually a lot of history there. Uh, Tartars are the ones right. that were originally there, and they were displaced by Russians. So uh, way back. I mean, I yeah. think. I don't even know how long ago, but um, so it depends on who you ask, Uh, but this is the way history is. I mean, at some point you have to draw a line and say, okay, now we're done with moving borders and stuff like that, and uh, I think that if you, there was a, they did a what do they call it, A, a referendum or a poll, they polled the Crimean citizens at the time in 2014, and i mean nobody trusts this vote because of that, like under threat of a gun type of thing um the dumb on the scale uh but they said that overwhelmingly they supported the, the annexation by russia so i don't believe it was that much but but it definitely of all parts of ukraine it's the it's probably the highest percentage pro russia right and
0: of course the Tatars. They're famous for their sauce, they gave the world their sauce <laughs> right for the fish makes so uh, yeah. that was really their main uh a, a contribution mm-hmm. to society. so do you see your ever do you see yourself uh and, and does your wife see herself ever moving back to ukraine
2: Well, yeah, she definitely does um, we're stuck here for two years, you know for this whole process, the green card but um She's hopeful that we'll return back, finish remont- remodeling this the flat. Um, I'm not so sure that it's going to be realistic. Yeah, maybe in two years, we'll see. Um, but I'm open to it if it's, you know, as long as it's safe and, you know, no more errant missiles, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right,
2: right. Occasionally hitting.
0: You kind yeah. of send it a high bar, uh, Andy. You yeah, gotta, right. yeah. yeah We deal with the missile every now and then, as uh, we mentioned yeah, before, right. from right. Canada. We're in the front lines with that war. You yeah. Mentioned. yeah, right. Yeah. Got to man up, man,
2: man up, Andy. Right.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, Andy, well, thanks uh, for being on the show here, talking about, uh, talk about your experiences for our listeners. Andy's in his Jeep here. They're kind of living in a Jeep because they did not anticipate to be. Uh, in America at this time. So, uh,
2: yeah, it's fun. It's an adventure. Yep.
0: Yeah, right. So, all right. Well, hey, Andy, uh, good luck, uh, whether it's in America or Ukraine. Thank you. Good, thanks, thanks for coming out and talking you. to us, Andy. Good talking to you. No
1: Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast for our annual preview of the Tour de France.